So, in our passage, we have a man by the name of Philip. He was an evangelist. And what's an evangelist? An evangelist is a Christian, first and foremost. He's a Christian. He is trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as his saviour from sin. And he is occupied, he occupies his time going around telling people about Jesus, about salvation in the name of Jesus, trusting in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So there are people who are set aside for that work entirely. I was one such person in London. I was a missionary, a London City missionary. Missionary, evangelist, it's the same thing. That doesn't mean to say there isn't a work of evangelism for all Christians. All of you in here who are Christians, you ought to be looking for opportunities and praying for opportunities to evangelise, to witness, to talk to people about the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't have to be anything lengthy. Anyone in here who is a Christian has a testimony of what God has done for you in saving you from your sins, giving you everlasting life through faith in Jesus. You've all got a testimony. And I'm sure most of you can point people to various verses of Scripture that speak of the grace of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether it be to family, in the community, in your schools, in the workplace even, wherever the Lord opens doors of utterance for you to proclaim the riches of his grace and for his glory. Also in this passage, there's a man whose name is not given, but we're informed in verse 27 that he is a eunuch, someone of great authority in the service of the Queen of the Ethiopians. The Ethiopian eunuch, he'd gone from Ethiopia to Jerusalem on a long journey to worship. Presumably he'd gone to the temple in Jerusalem and presumably again he'd gone to Jerusalem to worship as a Jew. But very soon, by the grace of God, he would come to a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he would know God as his loving Heavenly Father. And he would worship God in a way that he'd never done before. In and through his Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Prior to Philip meeting up with the Ethiopian eunuch in the desert, the only uh, the early verses of chapter 8 inform us that Philip had been engaged in an evangelistic campaign in the city of Samaria, during which he preached the gospel of Christ, he performed miracles, and he cast out evil spirits. It sounds like he was very busy in Samaria. Even so, the angel of the Lord came to him and told him to head off into the desert. How strange you might think that is, that Philip who had been gainfully employed, busy doing all these things for the Lord in the big city, was told by the angel of the Lord 
to go into the desert. Nevertheless, he went and he was obedient to God's command. Since it was an angel of the Lord who gave Philip that instruction, it was clearly God's plan for him to go to the desert. And once he was there, it was none other than God himself, God the Holy Spirit, who instructed Philip to join himself to the Ethiopian eunuch's chariot. Therefore, it's perfectly reasonable to to assume that everything that happened as a result of Philip meeting up with the Ethiopian eunuch in the middle of nowhere was in accordance with God's perfect will and his plan, his purpose for that Ethiopian eunuch. Everything had been planned by God. They're coming to a place where there was water, again in the desert. The Ethiopian eunuch's confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and of course, his baptism. All of those things happened precisely in accordance with God's purpose and his perfect will. You can be sure that as Philip made his way to the Ethiopian eunuch, there was never going to be any possibility of him being killed by a venomous snake, or being robbed by bandits and left for dead, or being buried in an avalanche of sand. Neither would the devil nor his demons succeed in frustrating God's plan for that eunuch to be baptised upon profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There was never any question of Philip not joining himself to that chariot and speaking to the Ethiopian eunuch about the Lord Jesus Christ and his cross. In verse 28, turning, looking at verse 28 there. Yeah, verse 28, it's written that the Ethiopian eunuch was in his chariot reading the prophecy of Isaiah. And in verse 30, we're told that Philip heard him. Therefore, he must have been reading out loud. That's pretty obvious, isn't it? You can imagine it now. The Ethiopian eunuch, an important man, he's in his chariot. No doubt he's got his entourage with him, his servant, and he's reading out loud the prophecy of Isaiah. And Philip the evangelist, who has been sent there, By God, hears him reading in his chariot. Why was he reading out loud, you may ask? Perhaps he did that for the benefit of his servants, so that they would benefit from hearing the prophecy of Isaiah. Maybe reading out loud helped him in his concentration. That's possible as well, isn't it? I don't know about reading out loud, but I tend to pray out loud, even when I'm on my own. It it helps me focus on God when I pray out loud. So there is something to be said for reading out loud or praying out loud. One thing's for sure, and that is that the Ethiopian eunuch's reading out loud from the prophecy of Isaiah and Philip hearing him dictated the course that the conversation between them would follow. 
all in accordance with the will of Almighty God. We don't see any coincidences in that, in this. The Ethiopian eunuch, for whatever his reasons that he read out loud, you can be sure that this is according, this was according to God's plan. And Philip hearing him and that dictating the conversation, how it would follow. Let's have a look at verses 32 and 33 again. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shearer so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away and who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth. The scripture that the Ethiopian eunuch was reading without understanding it is from the Old Testament book of Isaiah chapter 53 verses 7 and 8 which is about someone who suffers as an innocent and willing sacrifice for sin. Any idea who that would be? Who suffered and laid down his life as a willing sacrifice for sin. What the, what the Ethiopian eunuch was reading may well have been read out loud by the, a rabbi when he was in um, Jerusalem going to worship. But he wouldn't have understood it then when he was in the temple. And clearly he didn't understand it when he was in his chariot reading it out loud on his way back to Ethiopia. It still didn't make any sense to him. However, it would soon make sense to him. And the reason it would soon make sense to him was because God the Holy Spirit would explain that prophecy to him through the explanation of his servant, the evangelist, Philip. And it would be, it would reach that Ethiopian eunuch, reach his heart with saving power as Philip preached unto him, Jesus. We'll have a look at verses 36 and 37. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. What a wonderful confession of faith that is. Just reading that there, I just think, praise God for his mercy and his grace towards that Ethiopian eunuch. Anyone who can say those words and shoot from the heart, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And believe in him. Believe that he willingly laid down his life as a sacrifice for sin like a lamb to the slaughter, that person is truly blessed by God.
in verse 36. Sorry. Verse 36. The Ethiopian eunuch asked Philip, What doth hinder me to be baptized? What doth hinder me to be baptized? Remember, he was an important man back in Ethiopia. Even so, we needn't think that he was trying to apply pressure on Philip to baptize him. Rather, he was simply saying, if I do not qualify for baptism yet, I'll wait. If, however, I do qualify, then please baptize me. Clearly, what we can deduce is that as soon as the Ethiopian eunuch had trusted in Jesus as his saviour from sin, he wanted to be baptised. Why else did he say that? What doth hinder me to be baptised? After just hearing about Jesus, Peter, Philip preached unto him Jesus, the sacrificial lamb of God. And then the Ethiopian eunuch said, what doth hinder me to be baptised? He didn't want to wait. He was ready to be baptised. He wanted to be baptised even in the middle of nowhere. Presumably Philip had spoken to him on the, on the subject of baptism, perhaps at the end of his gospel message. In verse 37, Philip responded to the eunuch's question with the words, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. Therefore, Philip wanted to be sure that the Ethiopian eunuch really did believe in Jesus before baptising him. In line with Bible teaching, such as we see in these verses, we can also deduce that, what does it tell us about baptising infants? Philip wanted to be sure that the Ethiopian eunuch understood what Jesus was all about. Baptising infants is clearly not scriptural. What does an infant, a little baby, know about the Lord Jesus Christ? Nothing. So we can deduce from this that baptising infants is not biblical. Until such person reaches an age where they they actually do believe that Jesus, the Son of God, laid down his life as a sacrifice for sin, for their sins. That is, that is the time when the person is ready to be baptised. Also, something else that can be learned from this passage is that baptism ought to go hand in hand with coming to faith in Jesus. And this is not only, this is not the only passage in the Bible that teaches us that. The the Ethiopian eunuch, he believed, he was baptised. But we could turn to Acts chapter 2. We don't have to do that now, but in Acts chapter 2, it can be seen that the Jews who attended Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, they listened to the Apostle Peter as he preached unto them. And Peter told those Jews who had assembled 
in Jerusalem about how they had crucified the promised Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're told in Acts chapter 2 that they were pricked in their hearts as they listened to Peter. In other words, they were under a deep conviction of sin. And that happened as they heard Peter preaching to them the Lord Jesus Christ. Consequently, they said to Peter and the other apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins or for the forgiveness of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Are you getting the picture here? Uh, 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 I don't know, a crowd of Jewish people, they're pricked in their hearts, they're under a deep conviction of sin as they hear the Apostle Peter preaching to them. What can we do? They feel as if they're damned, far from God forevermore. And the answer that Peter gives them is repent and be baptised. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. As such, it's clear in the early church, showing repentance towards God, believing in Jesus, being baptised, and receiving the Holy Ghost, did not all happen over a prolonged period of time. They were all part and parcel of becoming a Christian and therefore they can all be seen as an outpouring of God's grace towards his chosen ones. All happened at the same time, whether it's the Ethiopian eunuch or those Jews in Jerusalem. They, They repented of their sins, they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ They were baptised, they received the Holy Spirit. Last of all, I don't know if what I'm about to say applies to someone in here, but can you see from our passage about the Ethiopian eunuch and also the passage about the repentant Jews who were baptised by Peter on the day of Pentecost that not being baptised as a professing Christian, is simply not scriptural. You would have a job explaining it away from the passages that I've shown to you and many other passages in the Bible. In fact, being baptised ought to be something that you willingly do without undue delay when you have shown repentance towards God and faith in the Son of God the Lord Jesus Christ, believing that he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, that he was wounded and put to death on the cross, and that he sacrificially bare away your sins. With that said, may God be pleased to bless Caroline as she is baptised. Amen.